what's with the head nodding there, guy? Hey, guys, good evening. Welcome because this to... guy is first like he was supposed to be. Oh, okay. I wasn't even paying attention. Sorry. Right. First to show so I, up, first jump on the screen. Doing stuff for the show right up to the last minute because uh, that's how I am. I was already ready, so I'm prepared. I, right. I don't have my crap together. That's exactly where I'm going. That's um, right. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, October 9th. Today's the 9th, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I, I, this is what happens when you get, you know behind in, in your scheduling um so hi if you're actually listening to the stream live i do want you guys to go out and jump on the youtube stream if you can um we do prod um prod um broadcast this live on youtube every week and we do show off some collection um issues from our comic collection so you're going to want to see those live um remember the three magic words of the internet, uh, of the internet like share and subscribe thank you very right. much please do that for us um and if you are watching the youtube feed go ahead and hit the little notification bell um so that we know you're out there and we can give you a shout out and say hello to you i'm your host randall i got my partners in crime Thomas, a madman working the boards, and Enos is about to sit his happy self down. Get all mic'd up. All right, so before we get into the stuff, we got to do the the usual. How was everybody's weekend? Ah, pretty good. Great. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Uh, did I do anything this week? Oh, that's right. Saturday I did that whole dog thing you for, would, for yep. best friends. Right. You're with the dogs. Yep. Absolutely. That was actually pretty fun. All right, so let's just jump right into the news items. Uh, so, Tommy, this ought to come as no surprise to you, even though I know that you're going to have a difference of opinion. Joker made, and I, I'm, this number may have been updated since I read it, um, Joker made $93.5 million, um, on opening weekend. Yeah, it had a huge opening weekend. Beating out the October record set by Venom. Um, and I also like someone said that its opening weekend almost surpassed um, Dark Phoenix's entire run. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! So that that says a lot about dark. And last I checked, it's still holding at that number. Yeah, I know Chris Claremont had said had you know there was an article that I saw brief that Chris Claremont was not happy with the way his his uh, stories had been depicted on the big screen. So, well, uh, that's twice you've made the same movie, and both times it just didn't work. Yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. But we're going to get into that. Um, I, I'm actually surprised that it said it beat the October record set by Venom. I didn't even realize that, for one, that the record was just set just last year. Um, so October might be becoming the new uh, May, May or yep. June, for releasing blockbusters. So yeah. We'll see. Um, so New York City Comic Con was this weekend. A lot of stuff dropped out of there over the weekend. Um, ironically, it's not stuff that a lot, not a lot of stuff that we didn't already know over the last few weeks. I love how you read all this stuff on the internet and in the magazines, and then they announce it at comic conventions. You're like, didn't we read this two weeks ago? Oh, well, yeah, pretty much. But one of them is uh, there's going to be a new Wolverine series after all the House of X and Power of X and the new Dawn of X opens. Well, of course there is. Well, here's the thing. There hasn't been a Wolverine series in quite a while. Um, I think there was last the, like, Death of Wolverine and the Revival of Wolverine or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But there hasn't been a regular series in quite a while. So, and that's the whole reason I mentioned this because when I read that, I'm thinking, you know what? That's that's right. There hasn't been a, an actual real Wolverine. Um, I don't know how Marvel lets that go, other than the fact that I guess they realized he was overused, so they had to back off of him for a while. Overused, yeah, okay, yeah, not Wolverine, no. But uh, Adam Kubert is going to be one of the artists. So oh, there you well, go. He's going back home, so to speak. There you go. So, so that should, should, should look good, if nothing else. A absolutely. So, yep, homecoming for him. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this one. Um, I hate this look already. 
Thor is getting a new yes. redesign. Oh uh, yeah, I heard about I'm, that. I'm kind of mixed about it. I like seeing the long hair. I kind of I was a big fan of Mike Diodato when he gave him the headband, what have you. Right. But uh, I'm sorry. In comics wise, it worked in the movies. I would like to have seen more of it in the movies. But to me, Thor is not Thor without the winged helmet. Well, you know what it looks like. Uh, it looks a whole lot like an Eternal. Yeah. So I, I think, and I'm guaranteed there's going to be a reboot of the internals probably next year. So that might be what they're trying to do. They're trying to tie him in. But here's interesting. Um, so it is going to be taking place after the whole War of the Realms storyline. And Thor is now going to be the king of Asgard. Yep. And we're uh, starting with number one. We're starting with Thor number so one. Number of one. course, it's restarting with number one. Marvel Because this, this is again. Marvel. You change creative team. You got to reboot the series. Um, but interesting that it's being written by Donny Cates. Yeah. Which you know what that means, right? I'm going to check it out because I yep. like Donnie Cates. Well, that also means Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to an end at 12. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because it's getting rebooted in 2020 also. Which means I'm probably going to drop it. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, honestly, it's a good good way to you know jump off. But, well, it's kind of funny because when you see character uh, writers or creators like Donnie Cates announce a new series, you immediately know, okay, I guess that means the one you're on now is about to come to an end. <laughs> yeah, which which stinks. He's been doing a really great job on Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why I'm wanting to pick up Thor, because he's going to be writing it. Right. Oh, what happened to the days where a book just, you just waited for the next issue to come, and then, you know, it kept going on. Now, it's like every story arc, there's a new number one. Well, we've we discussed this um, right. several times that we remember the days when they took out house ads yeah. and oh, for like man. three or four months ahead of time to let you know the creative team was changing. You didn't right. have to restart the book. Exactly. You know, I'd I'd say this. You know, if if they keep Bill, I might <laughs> hang on. Wait. So is Beta Ray Bill in it currently? Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. well, that's why I started. Of the Galaxy, well, that's yeah. why I started buying it because. Beta Ray Bill's in it. Oh, he's in Guardians, not Thor. Right, in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. So, so if the new if the new rebooted Guardians of the Galaxy keeps Bill, I might still be in because I do love me some Beta Ray Bill. Well, I, the reboot is in 2020. Looks like it's going to be written by Al Ewing, 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 I believe, and an artist Juan Cabal. So, so yeah, Beta Ray Bill's in, and I might still hang around. If he moves on, then I'll probably move on too. You know, he just needs his own series. Yes. I would be in for I mean, a Beta Ray Bill ongoing series. I'm though. not a fan of Beta Ray Bill, but I would even I will agree that he just needs to have his own series already. Yeah, he does. Oh, he's needed one for years, in my opinion. I might be in the minority, but no, you're there is a I don't want to say there is a, a large number of you minority people out there who are fans of Beta Ray Bill that have just enough numbers that you could probably carry a miniseries. I don't think he could do a regular he, series. He's had but, many series before. Mm. He has like there was like Beta Ray Bill God Hunter comes to mind. <laughs> And he was in and um he was in an Alpha Flight mini series a few years back too. Oh wow, see I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you're not the Beta Ray Bill fan that I am, so there's that. That that is true. And I and I didn't read much of Alpha Flight past like the first thirty or forty issues um of the old John Byrne run, right? Didn't John Byrne launch that? I'm not gonna lie, the only reason I picked up that mini series was Beta Ray Bill. Oh yeah. So I know I saw I followed started following it um when Jim Lee did the covers when he first came in. But like that first that first arc, man. After that, it was like I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. Um, we are on camera. Re remove your work. Oh badge. my god! I thought I had. Nope. I just happened to see that hanging there. So, like we say at Dragon Con when we're doing photo shoots and costumes, everybody hide your badges. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always and I always do that. 
Uh, so another thing that came out of uh, NYCC, um, I, I got to admit, I'm kind of looking forward to this, but Marvel has just really been breaking my heart when I look forward to stuff lately. Uh, but Dan Slott, um, you know, their big writer over there who wrote Spider-Man for years, is doing FF now, was talking about um, Incoming and about the victim and Incoming. And he said that this is a character we've seen in a Marvel universe before, the victim. Okay. So I'd be curious to know who that is. I can't tell you that they showed a picture so that of that limits it to everyone? Right, exactly. Well, I'm getting the feeling it's not someone that's normally based on Earth. I think it's going to be one of their cosmic characters okay. who comes to Earth to warn them of something and gets killed when he gets there. Okay. That's what I'm going with. So that would put the Knicks on your Peter Parker theory. Yeah, yeah I'm about would. to say that, that that's... Yeah, I mean, he does have a new series coming out, so maybe they're not going to be doing that then. But I'm still thinking that's a possibility. I was about to say, maybe it's the Watcher, but they've already killed well, him he's once. Already killed him. Well, he might be, Spider-Man could still be a casualty in the incoming thing. Yeah, um, right. Because I don't know, I think incoming is a one-shot. I don't think we've been told if what the follow-up issues are, right? Or if there's a miniseries. I think it's a one-shot. Right. I'm not positive, but I think it's a one-shot. I think it's a one-shot that's then going to have ramifications through all the rest of the Marvel books. Because, you know, we're not Marvel unless we're making at least two or three months of your books unreadable. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's going to have ramifications <laughs> for the whole Marvel universe. And repercussions. I'm, 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 I'm just bitter because, again, <laughs> Spider-Man this week is a, it's an Axe of Carnage tie-in, which I'm not re- – Absolute Carnage tie-in, which I'm not reading, so I can just throw that in the trash now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bit, I, and, and not just Marvel. When DC does it too, I hate when yeah. you start oh, an yeah. event and then you take one of my regular books and you tie it into that event, which makes that book – basically useless for the month. Oh, yeah. Both of them are guilty. Don't don't get me wrong. Both so, yeah, I'm not singling you out, Marvel, but I am in this case. Um, Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. Remember the Earth X series several years ago? Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Um, they're now going to do a follow-up called um, Marvel X, which is supposed to be a prequel. Not an actual sequel, but a prequel. So it looks like it's going to mm. be set during the same timeline. Okay. But it's going to be taking place in that actual Earth X universe. And it should be pretty because Alex Ross. A- Alex oh, Ross, absolutely. So all you got to say. I thought, I thought at one time, in that series, you know, they showed Marvel. I was wondering if they were going to use it as a springboard to bring him back at one time. Right. I thought no. they were going to do that, and I was like, was disappointed they didn't. No, you can't do that. He needs. He's one of those characters that's dead and needs to stay dead. Yeah. He, he, yeah. They, they shouldn't bring him back. It, well, you know, his death was tragic. It was a great story. You know, we talked about it on earlier episodes. Right. It made me cry. It made me cry when I was talking about it on the episode. Right, so, because it wasn't a, a villain. It was just right. everyday cancer. All right, moving right along. Moving right oh. along. Sorry. Um, so earlier, Marvel announced that Star Wars was going to be ending at issue 75 with a one-shot wrap-up called Star Wars Empire Ascendant. Are you ready for this? Wait for it. What do you think this next announcement is? Star Wars number one? You got it. <laughs> Yay! No one saw that coming. Star Wars number one in January by Charles Sewell and Jesus Saez in January. Uh, but now get this. According to the press release, it's going to cover that moment between Empire and Return. So I'm thinking, really? It must be a 12-issue limited series because there's no way you can drag out a year and a half of stories for what was basically two or three months' time in the movie, right? Right, yeah. Approximately. But yeah, that's... It's funny. I think I even mentioned when they said they were canceling Star Wars, I said, oh, it'll be just in time for them to do a new series. And boom, there it is. Boom goes the dynamite. I hate being right all the time. Isn't there a new movie coming in December? Yes. Okay. So I just want to make sure I was really? on my game. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Enos apparently lives under a rock. <laughs> About to say. Enos is not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you not? 
Oh, regardless. Well, maybe. Did we not on, get man. a last Sky? We didn't get a last Skywalker preview, did we? Okay, never mind. Not I'm yet. Not no. I saw that it was a last Skywalker preview for um, It Chapter 2. Okay. All right. Because so. I've seen something about it, and I haven't seen anything else but so I couldn't remember if it was coming December or not because mm-hmm. it came so doggone early. That's why I probably forgot about it because this was like about March. I'll be going oh. to see it opening night. I can yeah. promise you. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We're not going to go. Uh, we're not going to start hating on Star Wars. Sorry. So anyway, um, former Harley Quinn creative team, Amanda Conner and Jimmy Palmiotti. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Did that little yeah. great bird. They're coming back with Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey just in time for, for the, the movie. movie. But well. it's going to be a black label imprint. So yeah, Amanda Conner. I'm, I might check that out. I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan, but I like the creative. I people. I do love those two, and and let's be honest, their, their last Harley Quinn kind of was really good stuff. And I I would actually go so far as to say they probably resurrected that character and, and made her popular again. Mm-hmm. So that that'll be also pretty good. Um, and from what I understand, it's actually going to serve as a series or a sequel to the original series. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they might pick up. I don't know how soon they're going to pick up after it, but uh, Black Label, that's got all kinds of promise on it. Because I'm really starting yep. to like what DC is doing with Black Label. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got one I'm going to show off here when we get to new releases. Um, that I'm, I'm waiting on the three Jokers. I, I can't wait for that. I, I, as you, I don't know if you saw it, but I posted that picture when I welcomed the new member to the Batman. Ever, ever since the Mobius chair told Batman which, you know, which one when he said, who's the Joker? We've been waiting for it. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, other piece of news here. Tommy, I want you to repeat on Air Force since we weren't broadcasting when I asked you this. What was the issue of Captain Marvel where Star first appeared? Eight. Captain Marvel number eight. Captain Marvel number eight. Everybody out there, I would suggest that you go out and find yourself a second or a third copy of it and keep that just for reading purposes and flip your first printing of Captain Marvel number eight because they have announced that in 2020, writer Kelly Thompson is doing her own star miniseries, Hmm. which means Captain Marvel eight is probably going to go through the ceiling. So get them cheap now while they can. If you have them, flip them uh, in a few months when they go high. See how I did that? Yeah, man. I told you, buy it low, sell high. I'm just like Wall Street. Yeah, there you you go. this man. (laughs) Tommy, what other news items you got over there? You you said you had something. So, yeah, I have something coming from us from our good friend, Rob Liefeld. (laughs) Had a good long talk. This This comes from his Twitter account, by the way. Had a good long talk with my attorney. Time to hold some feet to the fire for some shady practices over at Marvel. Good times to come at Roger. Eager. So it looks like he's talking about sur- uh, talking about uh, suing Marvel and holding their feet to the fire. Now, he's not going to draw their feet to hold he's not them to the fire. Well, because he can't That's why draw I'm left. He's not going to draw the feet first, but he's going to hold them to the fire. So, I saw that this morning on the way to work, and I said, I'm going to let Tommy get this one this oh, yeah. time because I done tore Rob Liefeld's butt up enough. I'm not going to mess with him anymore. Yep. And I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you today, Rick, and tell you, man, we were busy as hell today. So man. were we, yeah. But yeah, so he looks like, so apparently he's looking to, uh, to sue Marvel. <laughs> Over so something. well, I want to know what are the shady practices that he's suing for. He doesn't go into. He, I know he doesn't specifically yeah, go into anything. Yeah. And let me guess. Hmm. I'm betting you. Now I'm just gonna go out on a, on a limb here. He might not be getting any royalties from the Deadpool, Deadpool. movies. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Because that's the only thing he's done that anybody cares about. Uh, pretty much. Well, and Cable and Cable and hey, Domino were his correct huge creations too, right? That's cable, true. Yeah, Cable and Domino. Cable and Domino. Yeah. So. Uh, but I'm willing to bet there's no royalty from the Deadpool movies. That's possible. Who knows what it is? But I, I mean, wouldn't want to pay him either. <laughs> <laughs> Guy couldn't draw feet. 
Well, I mean, is he, would he really even be entitled to him? Because, I mean... Well, no, because because this is not like the Epic line where they where the creators retained um, ownership of the characters. This was in the main Marvel Universe right? where the standard contract is, we don't care if you create a character. Once you put it in a book, it's ours. Yeah. So it's right. basically work yeah, for that's, hire. That's what I was thinking, yeah, that they wouldn't be... Mm-hmm wouldn't necessarily be entitled to it because of that. So he's going to waste his time. He wastes money on that big dummy. We'll serve him right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of hope he does. Yeah. Hey, Rob, you're not like Siegel and Schuster who created the, the greatest character in American comic books and didn't get squat for years. You were handsomely paid because this was back during the boom when right. the comic companies were stupid and paid uh, artists ungodly amounts of money. Yeah, if you were done with your money since then, that's not anybody else's fault. <laughs> right. And also, you bite in the hand that feeds you once again because it was Marvel that helped get you that Levi's commercial with Spike Lee displaying that. Force. Oh my, I forgot all about that. <laughs> yep. Right. So let's sure actually tell me what other uh, news articles you got. Well, you, I had the reboot of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that you already went over. Right. So I, I, I just had those two. I thought about you when I read that too. I'm like, Tommy gonna be mad. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. <laughs> but you know, again, again, if, if Beta Ray Bill hangs around, I might hang around. All right, cool. Um, let's get to some new releases. I There's actually one that came out today that I brought in because I want to show this book off. Um, but one of the big ones that dropped today is uh, Batman's Grave by Garth Ennis. So that should be good. I actually didn't pick it up either because it was 12 issues. And I, I will freely admit that I looked at it and said, I'll wait for trade. Mm. But what did come out today, I, I got to tell you, this is, this is a beautiful book. I almost passed on this until I saw the cover. So Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity. And I got the Mike Mayhew variant. Oh, man, it's pretty cool. Look at this book. This is a beautiful book. That looks picture quality. I seriously thought that was, was a photograph photo- or yeah. a cosplayer when I saw it. And I'm like, no, that, that is art. Um, it's going to be a nine-issue series. It is six bucks. My only problem with this is it's a little bit thinner than the other Black Label books. Um, like, yeah, it is. Because Batman Damned was pretty thick. But then I turned around man, and started actually flipping out. through the book. Look at this art. Microphone's in my way. I'm gonna move over, but look, look at the face on that one there. Yeah, it's some pretty stuff. And, and and you can tell this is telling the origin of both Joker and Harley before they meet. Here's a here's a great one. Look at this scene. Poison Ivy of her in, in the tub. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I might have to pick that. Up. I think I, I might mean, pick that up. I think I'm gonna pick that up. Beautiful art. Um, where's the one Madman was showing me? The collage page. Oh God, it's, I love it. That Man, is truly it is. art. I got killed. Yeah, that's everything. that's pretty epic. I mean, some. I mean, this stuff is photo quality. So yeah, Man, this, some good stuff. Who, who did who did the art on this? Well, the variant cover is Mike Mayhew, but the internal internal art who was doing that? Miko Sayan. Yeah, he, he put S-U- a lot of time into that. S U A Y A N. Yeah, he put a lot of time into that. He or she, I don't know whether. But yeah, I don't ab- know. absolutely beautiful. And the thing that I really am digging about this book too is since it's telling. Um, her story of how, you know, before she meets Joker and then it's flashing back and forth, you can tell when you're in the present, when you're past, because it goes from black and white to color and, and back and forth. So there you go. Absolutely beautiful. All righty. Did anybody catch the Batwoman premiere the other night? I did. I missed it. Okay. Yeah. That was another piece of news. It, it wasn't bad. Did you see it? No. It wasn't bad. I wasn't I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> dislike it. I, I I thought it was fine. It, I thought it you know was a good uh, good opener. I, I'm it got me intrigued to watch the next week. So um, there was a, there was a couple things that I didn't particularly care for, like the main villain. You know, spoiler alert. I want to say that out there to anyone that hasn't seen it, planning or on watching it. But so spoiler alert: the main villain is her sister. 
Wow. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't really. She's not into comics, is she? Uh, not that I'm aware I of. I, I, I'm not. I have not read a lot of Batwoman comics, to be honest with you, other than you know the 52 weekly series. Right. Um, other than that, I have not read her comics. Um, to the best of my knowledge, she doesn't have a sister. Right. In comics, I don't remember there being a series. I could be wrong. Because remember, after New 52, she takes over Detective. Well, yeah. after after Flashpoint, right. she takes over Detective yeah. in New 52. Yeah. Right. So so yeah. So the the main bad guy is going to be her sister, and I was like, well, we've kind of done stuff like that to death. And apparently her and Bruce are um, oh, cousins. are cousins. Well, that that, that does show. hold true from the comic. That you is do, true. You do find out that, that the Keens and the Waynes are related. That. Okay, so okay. so that holds cool, true. Cool. Um, but I I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I, I, I typically haven't liked Ruby Rose and didn't like her in Orange is the New Black. Thought thought she was did not look care for her in that. She, I saw her in the Meg. She was just, I mean, she wasn't bad, but she was just kind of there. I thought she was all right in this. I, I'm going to see episode two. Go from there. Well, I'm hoping that I can catch it on the television app because I totally forgot that was on. Because I think Supergirl um, also has season premiere Sunday, didn't it? Yes. Um, yes. I yeah. did not see that because I'm behind on. I am behind season, on all so of those not, shows. Not, I need to. That. I need to marathon those. Yeah, and then yeah. Black Lightning started uh, Monday. I mean, not Monday last night. Oh, did it? Okay. Uh, did, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. I think it looked like I, I got a new one up. on my. Is that uh, season three for that already? Season two. Is it season, season two. two? All right. No. Yes. 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 Season three. Season three, you're right. Yeah, see, they they go quick, don't they? Yeah, they're mad bit because I was interested in women. I got season one on DVD. I'm waiting for season two to come out. So, yeah, season three. All right, cool. Is that your show and tell book for yes, the week? Sir. Let me have that. We're gonna Ties go- in with what we're talking about tonight. That's, that's actually pretty good because I'm going to add that with mine. So, I'm going to put our show and tells up front because, of course, you know, Tommy and Madman had to play the whole mine is bigger than yours game. Um, so, we'll start with Enos. We got. Batman number 614. Is this, a, is this a variant cover? No. Okay. Punchline with Joker on the cover. I'm going to back it up just a wee bit here. Now, this is not part of the Hush storyline, though, is it? Yes, it is. Is it? Because I do see the lean lobe up in the corner here. The, the, yep. the creative part, this was the issue of the Hush run where Batman finally decides, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to kill the Joker. Okay. And, this, and he's stopped by Commissioner Gordon. Oh, great. Um, so by the way, listeners, that is a really great storyline, Batman Hush. It is available in trade. Um, I think they just recently republished it too, mm-hmm. reprinted it. So um, that is a good cover. I love the uh, the upside down Joker on it. The because you can see that. Oh, I couldn't tell until you flipped it over. Well, what I was about to say is, um, you can just see here that is evil maniacal right there, but you don't really get that when you look at him right side up. See what I'm saying? It's no. You don't see that that's just truly an evil face right there, but when it's upside down, he just looks it like regular looks crazy. Evil. It just looks upside down. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think know. he still looks nuts. And well, has bad right. teeth. And has bad teeth. Oh, Batman probably knocked those suckers out. Yeah. Okay, so uh, remember last week I brought in that uh, Detective Comics, I think 474, 475, that 9.0 with the Joker laughing fish? Yes. And I told you the whole story that the way I got that was had a friend going through a divorce, gave me a pile of comics that had some Batmans and the detectives in them. And then I went through them. I, they were all really good condition, and they were all looked them up, and they were like all $20, $30 books. And I said, Michelle, you can't just give me these. And she's like, that's okay. Take them. Um, stole them. So I stole them. So I actually decided I'm going to start bringing those books in to show them off because they are really good. Um, I'm going to start slowly here with just one of them. I'll start bringing in probably two or three a week. But since this actually does tie in with this week's um, topic, Batman 286 with the Joker and Batman on um, – Looks like the Ferris wheel here. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. But as you can see, that is, that is a really great condition book. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, this thing was already probably good. Those corners are so nice. 20, 15 years when I got it from her. Wow. And yeah. art by the late, great Jim Apparel, yes. truly unsung Batman artist. That is a pretty book. So, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, all the ones she gave me are like this. Wow. Which is why I went back and said, I can't just take these. And she's like, you know, I know you'll appreciate them. Have them. Hold up like, a little oh, bit more. A little bit man, more. Man, I wish I could find friends like that. Right? Look at those corners. Man, they're outstanding. Well, every, everybody has those stories that you hear about about somebody finding a really great book. Yeah, like pedigree stuff. And then know? going, why the hell that can't that happen to me? And it dawned on me, well, uh, it did happen to you with those Batmans and detectives that Michelle gave you all there those you years go. ago. So I want to. Man, that is freaking amazing. So there, Randy, you have a story like that. See, look at, see, look at how. Yeah, just that bottom right corner is dinged just a little bit. I know, but. Yep, but that's because he's Randall loses, and I probably he's read the, the thing a couple of times. <laughs> and then, all right, so let's get into them. Uh, some golden age. I'm sorry, silver age goodness here. Thomas brought in. You just picked this up at Gateway on their um, Marvel yeah, weekend. I want to say, say last weekend because you 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 texted me this, and I was like, oh, I forgot all about it. I was busy doing other stuff. Uh, Avengers number seventy one. And who'd you say it was the first appearance of? This is the first appearance of the superhero team known as the Invaders. Okay. Well, oh. how is it the first appearance? Because the Invaders were a World War II group. Right. Well, right. Well, that was the All-Winners Squad oh. that you're thinking about. The Golden Age version was called the All-Winners Squad. This sets them up to have their regular title, the Invaders, right, later. Of the Invaders, which I also picked up number one of that issue which, as well. Uh, unfortunately, that was a short-lived series. Short-lived? It was like... 50 or 60 issues. That's short-lived in my book. And your book, yeah, went on for several years. It was a good series. <laughs> I mean, if it was them fighting in World War II. How long was it going to go on? <laughs> <laughs> he, he made a point. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this is this is a book I've wanted for a long time. Um, I was able to get it, pick it up for 20% off. So Great I was pretty condition. happy with that. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. I was very happy with it. With it. Color is real bright. And, you know, it's one of those ones, like when I told you I wanted Spectacular Spider-Man number one, because I'll never own the first, you know, Spider Amazing Spider-Man number one. One of the reasons I wanted this is because I'll never own the first appearance of the All-Winners Squad. Right. Oh, so, yeah, right. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted the first appearance of the Invaders. By the way, speaking of first appearances, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this out there. Um, Amazing Fantasy 15 Facsimile Edition came out today as well, guys. Yes. So knowing that you'll never own that, you can at least get a reprint of it and wow. go ahead, bag and board it, and then turn around and sell it to a sucker. Okay. I mean, ah! you can, <laughs> Get it graded nine point eight. You can actually say it's an original, and then um, only people like us will look at it and go, "No, it's not." All right. Um, and then, last but not least, um, Madman brought in Justice League number thirteen. He going real early on on Justice Leagues here. I didn't know if I brought in the earlier stuff. So I don't think I have this one either. It's so beat up. Feel, you know, between you and I, we might have a complete, a full run of the early Justice Leagues. You got one through twelve? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I have issue no. three. <laughs> I do have three. three. I just love it that somebody thinks that back in the 60s, you know, people would think that, you know, if you, some genius can make a robot that performs all the same superpowers as like people like Green Lantern or Martian Manhunter. Oh, is this a Mazo? It's the robot, Riddle of the Robot Justice mm, League. Mm, okay. Because a Mazo does that, right? Yeah. And yeah. mimics all their powers. That's yeah. a. Yeah. I mean, the colors are good on it, but I mean, it's. Uh, it's it, real beat up. Yeah. Well, it is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the Silver Age books, particularly um, Justice League's, Flashes, um, Spider-Man's, Avengers, those are all getting harder and harder to find. 
in really prime condition because the people who are finding them in prime condition aren't letting them go. Yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't mind having that in my collection. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, there's, beat, up, beat up or not, it would be happily in my collection. I mean, why it is in my collection. Right. I mean, there's several that I bought Beautiful. looking at it going, okay, this is kind of rough, but I'm, I'm never going to find it again. Like, uh, what was it that, that tells the suspense you and I saw at the con, first appearance of Iron Man? Mm-hmm. I've never seen one. No, that's the first so time I've ever seen it. Never seen while. one. You know what? I, I regret doing not too long ago, a few weeks back, I, um, I found a copy of X-Men 94. Um, beat to hell. But it was like 150 bucks. Right. And I didn't jump on it, and I regret it. Because I'll never find that book for that price again. Right. You know, like I said, even though it was beat to hell, you're never going to find it that cheap again. It was complete. And from what I could tell, the cover was still attached. So there's that. But I didn't. That's one of those things where I would have bought it to show immediately, walked it over to a CGC booth and, and said, Grade this, please. Yeah, because that's a, that's a big. That's a I, big I need time to encapsulate issue. it so it doesn't get any more damaged. Right, than what it already is. Because like I said, it was beat to hell. But I, I still thought, I, I still wish I had, I, would, I had walked out with it. Cool. Um, so I'm going to do a new segment that I'm introducing this week. Um, because I've been thinking that I really need to, to talk about this, and I might go ahead and put it on our Facebook also. Um, we won't do it every week just as it comes to mind, so you guys can think about this down the road too. I'm going to call it Books I'm Digging On, uh-huh. and the one that I, I have to talk about right now because it's just freaking amazing. Issue 4, or sorry, Issue 5 came out last week, and that's uh, DC's Deceased. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic series, and I'm not going to lie. The very first issue left me a little meh, because it was a zombie story, it just happened to have a bit of a different um, uh, origin. And, you know, it starts in Apocalypse. But from issue two, it just really took off. Mm-hmm. And what I really love is, Tommy, let me see that issue five that I gave you over there. Tommy brought me my books from Flashback, and a deceased five was in it. And I ended up picking up another copy from the local guy here. And Tommy said he didn't have one yet. I said, well, here you can have this one. But what I'm really loving about this series is they're doing these fantastic reproductions of some of the classic horror movie posters. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And I think issue two is um, ripoff is a, a homage to um, it. Okay, who's got the radio playing? Not I. Is that out in the hall? Yeah. Okay. So, but look at this one. This this is great. And this is I don't which movie uh, poster is this? Godzilla? I don't know. <clears throat> no, because she, it wants, says, your she wants your children. children. I don't know. Oh, I listen. I could not see. This. I saw. I literally said he wants your children last week. I'm going to have to look that one up. It it might be a throwback to um, Nightmare on Elm Street. But no. No, they already did a Nightmare on Elm Street That's one. Right. I think that was issue two, I want to say. Right. Maybe one. But yeah, if you are not reading Deceased, guys, um, it, now it is going to be ending soon. This is issue five or six. Um, and I can tell you there have been a couple of huge character deaths in this series. There's a huge one in this one at the end where you just kind of like, mm. damn. And, it, and it's sad because it's kind of one that you knew had to come, you know? Yep. So if you can't find all of them at your comic shop, um, I know mycomicshop.com probably has all five issues. There are variant yeah. covers of it. The trade will probably be out by the end of the year because it will probably wrap next month and then the trade will come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's one of the books I'm currently loving right now is Deceased by DC Comics. Yeah, this is an amazing series. So go there, pick it up. And, and the reason I mention it is because I think a lot of people are sleeping on this series. Yeah, this is incredible. So, all right, before we get to tonight's topic, Madman's going to pay some bills. You got it, Randy. Lost in the Long Box <laughs> is sponsored by Flashback Comics. Flashback Comics is located out of Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, 
toys, and statues. They are located in Woodbridge at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that Lost in the Long Box sent you. Back to you, Randy. Awesome. Thank you, Madman. Man, hey, Randy. Just, yes. I located something. He's just all filled with the, the P&V today. <laughs> it seems like it's like 1950s radio announcer goodness this way he's got going on. Right, exactly. Uh, we should get Rand- who was that, Who was that guy? Garrett? Al Wilson. Okay, why are you playing Al Wilson? Show and tell. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> I would say we need to get this. Now, uh, you realize you have to stop playing that because yeah, if it goes past 30 playing. seconds, we have to pay royalties. Yeah, and we don't want to do don't that. have that kind of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shut that off, man. <laughs> Sorry about that, guy. That's coming Patreon, out of your pocket. Yeah, the patron's not making that much money, ain't it? That's coming out of your pocket, buddy. All right. So, tonight's subject, um, we actually went and saw the opening of Joker Thursday, and so we're going to be reviewing that movie for you. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown on it. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen Joker, we are going to be spoiling the movie. So we'll uh-huh. be, as we always do, talking about story points and what have you. Um, so the movie is set what appears as, as obviously 1970s, 1980s Gotham, um, which looks remarkably like New York City. But yep. that's uh, what we're going for. And it um, <clears throat> excuse me, just like uh, in real life, it is um, a recession era. Um, Gotham. People are allowed to work. There's uh, jobs are hard to find. Everything's expensive, and we meet our main character, Arthur Fleck, who is um, going to be the Joker in this movie, played by Joaquin Phoenix. And ironically, he actually works for a clown for hire department um, or company. Basically, you you call them up and they send clowns to whatever function you have, where to be birthday parties. Um, do we still have stuff like that these days? Yeah. Clowns for hire. Yeah, we, we do? very very rare, but they're out there. Um, Bobcat uh, Goldthwait played one in Shakes the Clown, same type of thing. Mm. Um, but anyway, the movie starts with him basically dressed as a clown on a street in Gotham, spinning a going-out-of-business liquidation sign, and these three punks come up, mug him, and take a sign. And he chases them for the sign. Now, the whole time I'm like, dude, just let it go. <laughs> yeah. But he corners them, and they proceed to assault him and just beat, beat the crap out of him with sign. that sign. Um, and then so the movie just basically, I don't want to say goes downhill from there, but let's say Arthur's life starts to go downhill from there. Um, so I don't want to give away too much of the movie. We'll talk about scenes as we go because um, there's probably some listeners actor who haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but I'm going to tell you, don't take your kids to this movie. Um, this is no. just like Deadpool. The R rating is yeah, on the poster right for, for a freaking reason, right? Yeah. yeah. And Deadpool, while it had a lot of sex and a lot of language – this has some language, not not as much sex really, but no. a lot of the whole disturbing imagery and and seeing just how depraved people can be is. I got to tell you, it's emotionally draining. Um, did yeah. it, I walked out of there a bit worn. What, what Madman shaking his head? See, Madman doesn't like the movie. So no, I like the movie. All right, but so I just, I just think you're a little girl. I was emotionally drained by the Joker movie. Yeah. I, well, b- because there was so much happening to it. And every time that, you know, he starts to, to get somewhere, he gets beat down again. It was just. Yeah, that's called a real life story. <laughs> wow. That's what happens in life. And and I think that was the Trump thing Obama that appealed to me. It. 
think we that need to check Madman's about medicines. That, about, the movie, uh, about the movie, that was the appealing part of it because I don't think there was anyone in the theater that could not identify what you take one exactly. step forward, you right, get knocked right. back two steps. Absolutely. But you get knocked down, well, that's, you get up well, you again. again but well, I mean, just like, wandering over there. just like the theme of the killing joke, you know, the whole idea is that Joker believes that, you know, everybody's just one bad day away from becoming like him. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, the real truth of the matter is that we've all had bad days like that, and none of us have gone I'll, off I'll, the deep end. Have gone great, off the a great deep majority end. of us have not gone that gone crazy. Off the deep end. Yeah, gone I mean, that, but 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 what, what I liked about, above all, what I took from the movie, and I'm very glad that it did go this route. Um, it let us know. It, it gave the audience an idea of just how serious mental illness is. Yeah. Right. And it is not something that should be taken lightly, should be ignored, or swept under the rug because, as we saw with Arthur Fleck, what happens when it does go unchecked. And then on top of that, being that he was raised by someone who was mentally ill. Right. And 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 then that just added more to it. So because basically he kept um you you hear him say throughout the movie like that he feels like his life means nothing. Right. And in essence, after it was revealed that everything that he had known was, was non existent. Yeah. It made you feel like he kind of like had a sixth sense about this. Yeah. But, you know, it's not that he was delusional about it or anything of that sort, but he just had this feeling that it, that everything was not what he was told. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that kind of just really um, floored me because I always thought early on that, okay, I think his mother's a little bit not right, the whole, especially mm-hmm. the whole thing with writing the letters to Thomas Wayne. Right. I'm um, like, Thomas Wayne is not going to remember some – you know, housekeeper from 30 years ago, um, give up their letter writing. And then it comes out going through the story that, okay, mama's, you, she's, mm. she's not there either. Really? You know? And then think, wow. Okay. So was now gone. we're finding out that the mother is, is psycho and he finds this out, you know, in the worst way possible. Right. He, he, he goes to Thomas Wayne's house to find out why are you ignoring my mother to be told by Alfred, whom I, I'm assuming that was Alfred at the gate. Okay. It's like, your mother's nuts, you know, she's, you know, Thomas Wayne is not your father. And then he goes to Arkham Hospital and finds out that, oh, damn, they're it's telling right me the truth. Down. She she is yeah. nuts. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie was very realistic, I thought. I mean, it, it you know, it, it wasn't, you know, what I'd say was necessarily like over the top or anything like that. I mean, it shows if someone doesn't get the help they need and, you know, it has a mental illness, how quickly things can go wrong. Absolutely, and I think, um, for for example, uh, Arthur ignoring his own mental illness, right, yeah. right, and not not being open with people about it, that was his mistake, right. Um, when it comes to this, just talking about the mental health issue thing. Uh, additionally, um, the health services, you know, they're getting shut down during a recession time and so forth, and that didn't do much help for him either, right. And so, I mean, I think that it's important to have those kinds of services. Uh, mental health services services for people who you know can't really afford a psychiatrist because that that was the issue is you know he was poor he was poor but had mental mental health issues and in real life not in a movie a lot of those people who are like get kicked out of the system like that they end up homeless right right 
So I think it was a, the director did a very good job of highlighting the problems with mental illness in our country. Right. And that's that's what I was noticing is that because this movie is obviously 30, 40 years ago, um, but we have the same problem. Right. Programs for people who need it get cut down because money's got to go elsewhere because that's a really horrible scene where he's sitting there talking to her. And at this point, the, the, the actual Joker persona is starting to take over Arthur where he tells her, you don't listen to me. You never, you listen, never to listen to me. And then that's when she tells him, you know, well, I have bad news for you. They're shutting us down. And then he's like, so where am I going to get my medicine? And right. you can see that she's got no answer for him. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing that I um, was noticing or, or that I found that was starting to, to play with the, the viewer. It, it became obvious that some of the scenes that we saw early in the movie only took place in Arthur's mind right. later. And then there's a lot of them that I'm like, wow, okay, so what actual scenes did we see earlier did we not catch as well, being illusionary? Well, hold on. It's like what scenes in the movie are real or not. Right. Because exactly. all of it could have taken place within his mind. Absolutely. So, right. Because so there's could, a if, you, if they wanted to do other movies like that, they could do something with that. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's a, a theory that the final scene with him in the same asylum is he's been there entire time and none of it happened. Right. That right. It's all fantasies he lived out. And did you notice when he's talking to the uh, the, the psychiatrist or social worker, whatever she's at the end, his feet are bloody when he leaves. Yeah. Him. Yeah, um, and I'm like, oh, we know what just happened there. And Tommy, I think you're right. I think we're gonna. I think I need to go see this again. Yeah. I do too. I yeah. mean, I I left it thinking that I didn't particularly care for it because, you know, it was called the Joker, and I think I wanted to see something different out of a Joker movie than what we got. Um, oh, you got it. But <laughs> but I think I, I, I think I think I do want to see it again because I think if well, I do see it again, I'll probably appreciate it more. Well. And it's funny because we were all sitting there blown away saying, wow, this is actually really good. And, and Tommy's like, I didn't like it. And he said, nope, nope, I didn't like it. And I didn't say it then, but I'm thinking Tommy wanted a traditional Joker, you know, comic theme type movie. And I think the the severe diversion from that character is what ate you wrong, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And, and I, I honestly, I, I do think <laughs> if I see it again, I will probably appreciate it more because the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, well, this is good. That part's good and everything. So one of the things that just uh, that just kind of really just made you go, damn it, is when he meets the girl in the hallway in the elevator right. and her daughter, uh, who's being played by uh, oh, Zazie Beats, Beats, right? Oh, her fine um, self. So. Okay, you missed the down boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not lying. Uh, uh, no, he's not. Um <laughs> Oh, boy. But, and actually, a friend of ours leaned over to me and said something about her being lucky. And I went, what? And he goes, that's Domino. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I thought that's who that was. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, Domino. that was Domino. But uh, he meets her in the in in elevator. She's nice to him. And then you see later on, um, he has this, his moment of, I don't want to say clarity, because I, it's such a contradiction. It's not a moment of clarity, but for. Arthur, it is a moment of clarity. Right. He goes into an apartment and they make out and they kiss and then you see them on a date. He goes and he does his stand-up comedy and even though he's bombing, she's in the audience and she's being supportive. She's laughing. Then it shows him out at the fair and what have you. And then later on, when everything is really starting to just go to hell in a handbasket, he goes into her apartment and you're thinking, okay, he's really upset. He's going to go visit his girlfriend. And then she comes out of the apartment and she doesn't know him. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. It was all, uh, you know, an illusion. He, he, this never happened. Right. Oh, saying elsewhere mine. stuff. And then it goes back to the scene at the fair. And did you notice now he's alone? He's alone. And yeah. when they went to the donut shop, right. he's by himself. Same at the hospital. And the same at the hospital. 
and 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 uh, another thing that you saw was this guy was not the type of person that was confrontational, right? Over the but, but this guy got treated like pure garbage, and the 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 one that got me, I'm not gonna lie. I don't normally cheer for violence or anything like that, but when he got the three guys that jumped on him in right. the, on the subway, right. and when he got that that fat bastard that lied on him, <laughs> oh, I loved it. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I'm maybe it's just me because I've, by my own admission, I've been on the receiving end of some pretty bad treatment for some people, from from some people in my life. Now, if I was mentally fragile, there'd be some people in the hospital. At least. At least. Mm-hmm. Or I'd be in jail. Right. And the way and I could identify so well so and I guess this is one of the reasons why I love the movie so much is Look, because I could feel placement. his pain. They made Joker relatable. <laughs> yeah. I well, yeah. And I could feel his pain when the guy told him his boss, and you're gonna kick me. You're gonna trip when I tell you who he was. When his boss told him the guy wants his sign back, and he said, "Why would I want his sign?" Mm-hmm. And he told him that it was destroyed, and the guy didn't believe him. Right. Yeah. And then the fat dude sat up there and gave him the gun and turned around and said that he tried to buy it off of him. Yeah. Right. And I was like, you. Yeah, that's two faces, hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the guy that played his boss, that was the gentleman that was the voice of Raphael in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> oh movie. my god, I didn't ever caught that. Yeah, if if, if he had said <laughs> cricket, I, I we would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Enos has now become my new walking encyclopedia. I'm just going to be, you might be getting texts like three in the morning. Enos, what's this? Um, I I get them now. (laughs) (laughs) Join the club, right? Yeah. So one one of the things that, because I told people this movie is deeply disturbing. And one of the things that, but it's deeply disturbing in a good way. In a good way, yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things that just kind of really struck me um, is, and I don't want to call it Arthur's Descent, because- he has two moments that free him. One is when the guy's on the subway. Yeah. Because let's face it, they're about to do something bad to that girl. Yeah, yeah it was. And he and his laughing is what stands up for him. So they start beating the hell out of him. And then he takes a gun and says, "Okay, this is it. I've had it." You know, his his taxi driver moment comes and he shoots yeah. him. Yeah. And it liberates him. And he starts dancing, right? You know, and he's having a good time. And then later on. When he decides, okay, I'm going to go to this show and I'm going to show you what I think of you calling me a joker on your on your national television show. I mean, he's dancing on the stairs. So the thing that was kind of just really almost, you know, just makes you cringe is that Arthur has realized his entire life, I am sick. No one listens to me. I can't get my medication. I can't get my help. And at the moment of... Freedom comes not being relieved from the sickness, but from accepting this is who I am. This is who I am. When he accepts that the sickness is what I am and it's what I do, that is the moment that actually frees him. And did you notice when he did that, 
how he completely changed as a character. He wasn't timid anymore. Right. He stopped, was, stopped laughing. He stopped laughing. Right. And and I was like, you know, it makes you sit there and wonder, what is it? And it's scary. And like you said, it's disturbing not to be, not to say that it's something that it makes you go nuts, but it makes you think, what would it take for me to be pushed to the point where I don't care anymore? Right. Yeah. Madman, you were going to say something when I said that, that the scary moment comes when he embraces his sickness and that's the freeing moment, not the other way around. Well, I, I was just, I was going to say like, uh, he avoids the accountability of his life. Right. right. That's what he does. He throws it he, uh, up to that point. He had been holding on to the fact that it's like, I'm somehow in control of this world. I'm somehow in control of my life. Right. And he did that through his fantasies. And then at that point in the movie, that's when he says, well, no, that's not the way it is. This is the way it is. Right. Right. And then he just, yeah, he just it. felt no need. I guess the best reference that I can think of is on the closing page, the next to the last page of the death of Captain Marvel when Death shows up looking like a woman and Marvel says, I no longer need the illusion. Right. Wipes, yeah, wipes right. it away and sees death for what it is. Yeah. And he has embraced his own madness, right? And it's like when he was on, when Joker was on the talk show, and and um, they they said, "You should." I'm tired of you pretending that murder is funny, and he goes, "I'm tired of you pretending that it's not." Right. And that is, and that whole scene, you just you just know no, it's coming. It's you're like, coming. Oh. oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As far as th- as far as third acts go, that's well I, done. I will say, oh, yeah. I will say that was the best part of the movie was was that. Right. Was the end. That was by far the best part when you well, got to the end. Yes. And how ironic he had another taxi driver moment with the yeah. guy that brought right. ta- the King put, of Comedy. Yeah. yeah the- <laughs> and here's what's funny. At the very, very beginning of the movie, when him and his mother are watching this show, and then it pans over to him in the show laughing and standing up, I knew immediately, okay, this is an illusion. This actually isn't real. This is in his imagination. Yeah, because that conversation would never happen. Right. But then the rest of the show, the rest of the movie, you lost me. You, I bought into the illusions until you revealed they weren't real, and I was like, "Damn it, you got me!" Yeah. Um, and and it, and I will tell you guys, you know, listeners out there, there is one moment where you laugh, and then you go, "Why am I laughing?" Yeah. <laughs> this is disturbing. <laughs> uh, I I really like that aspect with the when he uh, tried to go in through the outdoor, you know, um, and bumped and like everyone, you know, people laughed in the theater and uh-huh. it was like, and it was an uncomfortable moment because right. he was just like, you know, the cops were looking for him and he's just like, I want to get out of here. And then boom, you're blindsided by this mm. simple, simple pratfall. Right. You know, right. and it's the same thing at the very end credits, which oh, I love that, that ending. It's just so great where he's like, looks like he's free walking down the hall and then he's like, just turns a corner. And then a couple seconds later, right. he's, he's running, running. <laughs> well, no, running back I, the other way. I'm thinking of the scene where the, the, the little guy comes to visit him with the big guy who gives him the gun. That was the, that was the surprising yeah. part. And, and he kills him and he's like, why would you do that? Arthur? And he says, and he tells him, it's okay, you can go. And then he can't get the door. And he's like, yeah. Can you get? And everybody's laughing. That's when you're like, "This is disturbing. I should not be laughing." Right, right. And 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 it was like, and that, and if there was one part of the film that was the bitter irony, you know, the Joker doesn't care about, he doesn't value human life, right? But yet he tells the little guy, 
You were the only, only one that was right. ever nice to me. And, and it's and great. lets him go. Because it set it up. He opens the door, and then he lets it aside, and he closes it. And you're thinking, oh, no, not him, too. And then that's when he tells him, yeah. you were always nice to me. And, and you let like, him go. Oh. Well, I'm thinking he was based on the Joker's original side sidekick. I. Gagsworth A. Gagsworthy. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So I think that's that's what, what maybe, how, maybe how he got that. in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, it could be the fact that, you know, uh, he still had an idea of like non-combatants. Right. right. You know, it's like you're neutral to me. It's like you're, I mean, because the guy, you know, that he killed is like, you've been lying to me about to my, my boss. Yeah. You know, that's the reason to dislike him. Right. You know, you give me the gun and then turn around and say that I tried to buy it from you, you know. But yeah, the little guy that very even early on, you see that he's never picking on Arthur. When he talks to him, he's just like, you know, hey, the boss wants to see you. Yeah. He's never mean to Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. So yep, I actually really like this movie. Tommy, I think we do need to plan to to go see it again. I think so. And I, I think my wife would enjoy that. She really, really liked this movie. Right. And so you know what? It's it's funny. Your wife is two for two. Yeah. Yes. Because she said Venom was going to be good, and we were all like, well, no, it's going to be a dumpster fire, but we're going to go anyway. And the same thing with this one. Like, I'm really kind of on the fence about Joker, but I'll go see it. And honestly, I was going to blow this movie off. I was too. And I had no intention. Same here. I whatsoever no of seeing this, but it just seemed like the more press I saw about it yeah, and the more I saw this movie... I'm like I need to check this out. Well, and, and I have, and I'm very glad that I did. This is this is a case of marketing done right. Yeah, because the trailers yeah. Yeah. and the commercials made me go, okay, I'm going to go see this. Yeah. Well, I think that because of the press, it made me realize is I believe that this film is culturally relevant. Right. right. Oh yes, most definitely. If there's any comic book film that has been made that it. It it goes right to the heart of humanity itself. It's been this one. Now, folks, I think I speak for the three of us when I say we're not condoning violence or anything of that sort. But what I took from this movie was three things. Number one, it was an expose on how important it is to acknowledge how serious mental illness is and it needs and and it needs to be treated in the same vein as cancer because it it can have the same ramifications. Number two. We saw what happens when a guy's pushed too far and a descent that they make. But number three, the most important thing is that we need to be better to each other. Right. Because we don't know what anybody is going through. That's right. Or know what their situation is. There could be something that, um, because the one commercial that, that, that um, sticks in my mind is where you're you don't where there's people going home hungry and there was this one particular video I saw this little kid sitting in class pull they pull out their lunch pails they um he doesn't have anything so he has to be excused the kid goes out gets a drink of water you see him looking out the window when he comes in comes back in the classroom he puts he's getting ready to put his pail away but he feels something in it he opens it up all of his classmates have taken something from their lunch and put it in there and put it in there. And, and I, and I, and I re- refer to that is the reason why I brought that up is because in line with what I just said, I think we all could be more compassionate to each other if we're willing to try. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of a story of a lady I work with. Um, I'm sure you've talked to her because you've talked to everybody on that floor. <laughs> but she had her lunch stolen out of the refrig- refrigerator at work. Right. And her attitude was, well, I guess they needed it more than me. 
Mm-hmm. So the next day, she came to work with two lunches. Uh-huh. Exact same, both of them. And labeled one saying, this one's mine, this one's yours. And she fed that person, whoever it was, for like a year. Wow. I've never heard this story. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a la- it's a lady I work with in, at, at work. So, mm. yeah. And I was like, that is just and, the nicest person well, and that I've just, ever met. That's it perfect. just goes to show you, man. They're, they're, Absolutely. Just because stuff. they're gainfully employed doesn't necessarily mean they have the money to feed themselves. Right. There's exactly. something else going on we don't know about. And, exactly. And, yeah, and, I thought and, it was incredible. And there, for the grace of God, goes you. But yeah, yeah fa- fantastic movie. Um, I, I know I had other thoughts on it that I just can't remember. Oh, I remember. So let's talk Oscars. How many How many Oscar nods do you think it's getting? I definitely think Joaquin Phoenix gets a, a best actor. Oh, oh, Joaquin Phoenix, best actor. Todd Phillips for best director. Uh, Todd Phillips for best original screenplay. Uh, I think we're going to we're, we're going to see something in film editing. Editing. Mm-hmm costumes so at least that much you think there'll be a best supporting actor or actress nod um i think that um i no i i don't think so no, no. i um now I, I think i think joaquin will get put up for best actor. yeah well, joaquin how, be how about best soundtrack because there is a lot of good music i would give it that oh a lot of good yeah music. i did enjoy the music yeah, uh, the music was good sound design, I sound, sound design oh, sound design Absolutely. yeah um all right let's go with the big one Best picture? You think I get a nod for best picture? Yeah, I could. No. I think so. No, I don't think it's got. A, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's a lot of competition this yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think there's been a lot out there this year. I think but, it could get. get a I nod. think it's it, going to get one or two nominations, and it's not going to win anything. I, I'll, you know what? I'll lay money on the line. Joaquin gets the best best actor. Oh, I'm a. I, I'll right. tell you what. I put money on that. Because go, if, let's go find us a betting site. If online. um, <laughs> because what, cash, right so. now. They already are talking about this, and it's not even Oscar season. Right. So here yet. we go. That's five bucks. Um, five bucks. Joaquin gets best uh, best actor. I'm not gambling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna take up on the bet. I uh, do have I do have one question though for you, Enos. One question for you. Yeah. A few minutes ago, you were talking about not condoning violence. You said, "I think I speak for the three of us when I say I don't condone violence." Yeah. Which one of There's us? There's four people here. Which one which of us? One of us <laughs> I mean, violence. I meant. Before the guy called Madman. You think Madman? I'm sorry. I was thinking. I meant to say the other three guys. The cast and crew of Lost on Long Boss do not condone violence, except for Madman. (laughs) Madman condones. (laughs) No, he's cast and crew. Madman condones things of violence is sometimes necessary. Yeah, but what I what I did mean to say, ladies and gentlemen, other the three. I speak for the other three um, guys. On the uh, as part of the crew. So I, what you're well, we saying know what is, you you can, just, yeah, yeah, everyone knows what you meant. Enos. I'm sure even our listeners know what you meant. I just needed to give you a hard time about it. Okay, I give oh, Randy a hard time all the time. Yeah, I, I don't get to. to, to yeah, you don't do mess with me. Okay. The so. only thing that could have made this better is Tom King had written a script. There you have it. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Randy, if Tom King had written a script, we would have we would have seen it three weeks ago because you would have found a way to get it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, um, Joker movie. Um, Fantastic. Go out and see it. I am going to yeah. uh, work a, a second showing in because it, I think I'm going to have to own this one. I mean, just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of those movies that's like Taxi Driver, like Falling Down. It's going to be socially relevant 20 years from now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They'll be, they're still going to be talking about this long while, while we're sitting at, sitting on our porches toothless. You know, <laughs> so anyway, um, again, remember, guys, um, catch us out on uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Lost in a Long Box at uh, Facebook, uh, Lost in Longbox at gmail.com. We also do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Lost in Longbox. Uh, Mad Men to Shock uh, Monkey Radio. I? Yes. Uh, yeah, um, I talked about this movie on my show yesterday on oh, Shock yes, Monkey did. Radio. Yes. 
Uh, so you, I, I put the full video up. I'm still unable to edit video. So I put the full video up on my YouTube channel. So uh, search for Shock Monkey Radio or the Madman Lowercase. Right. And you'll be able to find it. So um, trust me, James, it's not that dark. You can go. You should go see it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so again, Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 here on FXBG Public Radio. We have our companion show, ComicsOnline.com podcast on Mondays from 9.30 to 10.30. Enos has his um, Facebook groups that are affiliated with us, Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and... Gather together the greatest superhero teams. There you go. Um have I forgotten anything? Got we got to promote so much stuff. I just got to have a script now of all the stuff that I got to make sure that I mention and promote. All right, that's all the time for this week, guys. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next week. Good night, folks. Good night, everyone. Night.